Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. This story is about one of the more well-meaning people in my life, my grandmother. My grandmother supported me when I was into certain things, but she was always kind of either a step behind or on a parallel track to my interest and would come in out of left field with items or toys that I never expected. For example, I started listening to music at one point. My grandmother ran to whatever store was around her house where she found things that she would bring to me, and she bought me a musical youth album called The Youth of Today. And you might remember Musical Youth, they sang Pass the Duchy. I didn't know what to do, so I had to listen to Pass the Duchy. And since it was only the second, I guess, modern music album I owned at the time, and I think at the time it was already a year or two old at that point, I listened to it often, especially when she was around, to show her I appreciated it. She would also buy me the Pac-Man picture disc album, which I cherished. And she also bought me another Pac-Man item that I love in retrospect, but at the time I was a little unsure of. It was a Ms. Pac-Man t-shirt. It was just a white shirt, had Ms. Pac-Man on the front. So she brought me this shirt, and I was kind of thrilled. I was a big Ms. Pac-Man fan, but I knew wearing a Ms. Pac-Man shirt in public would not be great. So I wore it when she was around, and would never wear it outside the house. I don't know where the Ms. Pac-Man shirt went, but... I always appreciated that she did this for me, but I'd also like to show a little appreciation for a friend of mine, probably my best friend when I was a kid. I was wearing the Miss Pac-Man shirt because my grandmother was over, and I didn't expect anyone to be coming over. He knocks at the back door without even thinking. I go up there not remembering I'm wearing the shirt. I open it, and he's like, hey, do you want to come out and do something? I was like, no, I can't. I'm going to have dinner soon. And his eyes slowly moved from my face down to my shirt and then back up to my face. And he just smiled at me. And I thought, oh, man, if this was any other person, I would be doomed. He sort of gave me this little snide smile. Said, all right, I'll see you tomorrow, and walked home. He never breathed a word about my Miss Pac-Man shirt to anyone that is a true friend. So, I really wish I had this Miss Pac-Man shirt, although I probably wouldn't fit in it, but that wouldn't prevent me from keeping it all those years. It just got lost in the shuffle. I don't know where it went. On today's show, we're going to talk about Miss Pac-Man. We're going to talk about the game, the people who made it, how to play the game, a little bit of technical info about the game, some of its ports sequels, and where you can find Miss Pac-Man outside of the gaming grid. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show.
Ms. Pac-Man was produced by Midway Manufacturing Corporation. It was released in 1981, a year after Pac-Man, and would become one of the most popular video games of all time. Oddly enough, it did not start as a sequel to Pac-Man. Instead, it started with a company called GCC. Now, they had created a conversion kit for Missile Command called Super Missile Attack. Atari sued them, but unsuccessfully. In the end, there was a settlement that barred GCC from selling conversion kits in the future without a game manufacturer telling them that it was okay. They had started on a conversion of Pac-Man that they were going to call Crazy Auto. Now, they thought they would bring Crazy Auto to Midway, and they were going to tell them that we had done so well with Atari that you should just give us your blessing, and maybe we can work something out, but we're going to release Crazy Auto anyway. Midway looked at it and said, wow, this is actually pretty decent. Why don't you instead turn this into a sequel to Pac-Man? So Crazy Auto was dropped, and Miss Pac-Man was born. Before it became Ms. Pac-Man, it was known as Mrs. Pac-Man. Then, because they thought that perhaps Mrs. Pac-Man sounded dated, they went with Miss Pac-Man. But then they were looking at the game and thought, well, it's obvious that Mr. Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man are together because they have Junior Pac-Man. Why don't we just call her Ms. Pac-Man, since it's more generic? And that is why it is Ms. Pac-Man. There would eventually be legal issues between Midway and Namco. Namco had originally created Pac-Man. That series of legal issues would result in Midway turning over the rights to Miss Pac-Man in 1982. We'll return after these messages. If you thought Atari Pac-Man was great, wait till you play his big sister, Ms. Pac-Man from Atari. With larger-than-life graphics, floating fruit, and hungry ghosts. If you've got an Atari, you can play Ms. Pac-Man at home. But if you haven't, you can't. It's Mr. Arcade. And Miss Arcade. Miss Arcade. Wow. And so Dr. Miss Pac-Man. Into the tunnel. That couple's in love. Yeah, with Miss Pac-Man. Let's let him take it home. It's the official tabletop version of Midway's Miss Pac-Man. Look, changing mazes and tunnels just like the arcade game. Our very own Miss Pac-Man. They'll give her a good home. And now Mr. Arcade shrinks prices with a $10 rebate on all Coleco tabletop arcade games. And now, back to the show. The gameplay of Miss Pac-Man is similar to the original Pac-Man, although superior in many ways. The object of the game is to gather points by eating dots and avoiding ghosts while moving through a maze. In the corners are energizers, sometimes called power pellets. When you eat them, the ghosts turn blue and will try to get away from you, and you can eat them for points. And it's a chain of points. You eat one, you get some points. You eat two, you get more. Three, four. So you want to eat as many ghosts as you can after each energizer or power pellet. Now in the original Pac-Man, the center, a bonus would appear, often fruit. Fruit appeared in Ms. Pac-Man, but it actually moved through the maze. And as the mazes increased in difficulty, you get higher value fruit up until the banana. Then post-banana, 
You'll still see a banana at the bottom of the board, but whatever is going to come out and move around the maze as a fruit will be random. What makes Ms. Pac-Man more challenging is that the ghost's behavior patterns are different and are semi-randomized. So it's not the same as the original Pac-Man where you can memorize patterns and move through it. Instead, you had to learn the behavior of the ghosts and try to respond to them. It makes the game much more challenging and, in my opinion, a lot more fun. A little bit about the points in Ms. Pac-Man. Dots are worth 10 points. Power pellets, 50 points. Ghosts, 200, 400, 800, and 1600 points. Here's what you get for the fruit. For a cherry, 100 points. For a strawberry, 200 points. For the peach, 500 points. For the pretzel, 700 points. I don't know why they throw that pretzel in there like it's a fruit. But, I mean, if pretzel was a fruit, I'd be really happy because I love pretzels. I mean, I love fruit too, but, I mean, if I could pull pretzels off trees, wow. Apples are worth 1,000. Pears, 2,000. And bananas, 5,000. So always get those bananas. When that pear first shows up, I'm very excited for some reason, because I know I'm just going to get big points, big points. There's a lot of interesting strategy that you can learn about Ms. Pac-Man, about placement and dodges and grouping of the ghosts to get the maximum amount of points. If you want to learn more about that, I would suggest you search online. There are a lot of great videos that will teach you how to do that. You also might want to search the Miss Pac-Man Bozeman, Montana Think Tank, and you'll learn a lot about the early search for strategy in this game. It's very interesting stuff. Today's show is brought to you by a local pizza parlor. Take some slices out of that pizza and guess what you got? That's right, Pac-Man. Put a bow on that pizza. Now what do you got? Miss Pac-Man. We're having a pizza party with lots of pizza hot and hearty. Won't you join the party too? You'll find your favorite beverage there. Now let's see. Well, I declare. The only party missing is you. those pizzas. In Miss Pac-Man, just like in the original Pac-Man, there are intermissions or cutscenes. The first act, called They Meet, takes place after round two. In it, you see Pac-Man, the star of the original game. He enters the screen, being chased by Inky, the ghost, and Miss Pac-Man enters from the other side, being chased by Pinky. As the two of them are about to collide in the center, they quickly move upwards and Inky and Pinky collide. Then Miss Pac-Man and Pac-Man face each other at the top of the screen, and they fall in love. Act 2, The Chase. Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man are seen giving each other a playful chase around. This particular act is played after round 5. The final act, Act 3, is played after rounds 9, 13, and 17. It would also serve as the introductory sequence to the game Junior Pac-Man. So this Act 3, Junior, Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man are waiting for the arrival of Baby Pac. A stork flies over and drops a wonderful bundle. It opens up and a tiny Baby Pac-Man appears. Adorable. After round 18, there are no more intermissions. But wouldn't it be great if there had been? You could see, like, Baby Pac goes to school, road trip, all the sort of fun stuff, summer vacation. (laughs) 
as in Pac-Man, the game has a bug in it which causes a kill screen. A kill screen is something that makes the game unplayable. This, just like in Pac-Man, happens in the 256th level. This is probably because Miss Pac-Man is based on Pac-Man, and they never fixed it in the original Pac-Man at the time. Miss Pac-Man also has some other bugs that can cause the game to die. A lot of these are very visual to see the differences. So if you'd like to see how these look, and they're pretty funky, the errors you get, just do a search on the web for kill screens, Miss Pac-Man, or Miss Pac-Man level 134, 135, etc., etc. You'll see some weird stuff. Game technical overview. The game uses a Z80 microprocessor and a Namco 3-channel PSG for sound. The display is vertically oriented at 224 by 288 and uses 16 palette colors. And technical overview. If you've ever seen Miss Pac-Man, the upright model, the original came in a beautiful swoopy cabinet, the same ones that Pac-Man and Galaga came in, and has this wonderfully painted side art of Miss Pac-Man and the ghosts, along with some accent lines. Now, there was a lot of them rolled out like this. Later on, as the game tapered off, they stopped painting them and instead used sticker side art. The sticker art, I think, doesn't look as nice, but it is brighter, so it popped more. The Retroist Podcast will return after these messages. Just another summer, Atari is going to turn your head around. The hot names, the hot games, the hot deals. Yeah, it's gonna be a hummer, cause nobody's hotter than Atari this summer. Nobody's hotter than Atari this summer. Atari introduces the woman of the year, Ms. Pac-Man. With a style of entertainment that Pac-Man never knew, an endless supply of floating goodies, oranges, pretzels, four different screens, each with different exits and entrances, and the green screen so difficult to reach, you may never see it again. Don't you know, I'm more than Pac-Man with a bow. Reach for Ms. Pac-Man. Reach, reach, reach for Atari. And now back to the Retroist Podcast. Miss Pac-Man, as popular as she was in the arcade, was of course ported to many other platforms. It was released on Atari, the 2600, 5200, 7800, almost every computer at the time. Commodore 64 and VIC-20, the ZX Spectrum, IBM, and the Apple II. Later consoles, the NES, the Super NES modern consoles, you name it. Even Caliga, when they did their little tabletop games, released a Miss Pac-Man version. If you have modern consoles, you can get it on compilation arcade bundles and on Xbox Live. You can also play it on your phone at this point. It is everywhere. They also made some other games that had Miss Pac-Man in it. Maybe not true sequels, but they had Miss Pac-Man Maze Madness, which was a 3D 
block-based puzzle game for the Sony PlayStation. It was later released on the Nintendo 64 and Dreamcast. Very simple gameplay. Fairly well received. Later, Ms. Pac-Man Quest for the Golden Maze. It's a PC game published by Atari Infogrames in 2001. I never played this. I looked at some footage of it online. Doesn't look like a great game. In 2002, Pac-Man Fever was a party game released for the GameCube and PlayStation. In it, you could choose Miss Pac-Man as a playable character. In 1982, Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man Pinball was released by Bally Midway. And I think Bally released it, even though they had turned the rights over to Namco, because they believed that when they created Miss Pac-Man before they turned it over, they had created the idea of the Pac-Man family. And this game just wasn't based around Miss Pac-Man or Mr. Pac-Man. It was Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man. I've actually played this. It has beautiful cabinet art, just like a lot of stuff back then. Want to know what else was popular in the arcade back when Miss Pac-Man was queen? Here's Doug with Also Ran. Hey, I'm Doug, and this is Also Ran. What also ran through the arcades alongside Miss Pac-Man in 1982? Who did the bow-wearing, ghost-chomping beauty have to compete with for our quarters? Well, there were lots of classics still in the arcades at that time. Games like Pac-Man, Space Invaders, Donkey Kong, and Defender. But there were lots of other newcomers that year as well. Games like Black Widow, Bump and Jump, Burger Time, Dig Dug, Donkey Kong Jr., Frenzy, Joust, Kangaroo, Millipede, Moon Patrol, Mr. Do, one of the retroist favorites, Nibbler, Pingo, Popeye, Qbert, Robotron 2084, Satan's Hollow, Sinistar, Time Pilot, Tron, Xevious, and Zaxxon. How did Miss Pac-Man handle all that competition? Well, the girl showed the guys how it was done. I'm not exactly sure how she came in for the year, but I know that she is the fifth best-selling arcade game of all time. And not only is she one of the best-selling arcade games of all time, but she's also one of the prettiest arcade characters of all time. So I'm Doug, and this has been Also Ran. Thanks, Doug. So, Pac-Man was very popular. Miss Pac-Man was his mate. So, Miss Pac-Man was a central figure in the Pac-Man animated TV series, which ran from 1982 to 1983. She would also appear in the Pac-Man Halloween special and Christmas Comes to Pac-Land. And although she was voiced by Barbara Minkus, who was a regular on Love American Style and played Giddle the Witch in ABC's Curiosity Shop, If you're a fan of Pac-Man the Animated Series, you will be happy to know that it is available on DVD. So run out, pick it up. A board game was released for Miss Pac-Man. 
by Milton Bradley in 1983. It's a four-player game, and the maze is divided into four colored areas representing each player. In the game, you have to clear all the dots in your area. It's kind of a fun game because one player controls Miss Pac-Man, while the other players control the ghosts until the ghost gets Miss Pac-Man, and then control of Miss Pac-Man switches. It wasn't just board games for Miss Pac-Man. You could also get her on a shirt or on a book. Not just strategy books like playing Miss Pac-Man to win, but also books like the Pac-Man Christmas Story or Miss Pac-Man's Prize Pupil. And that was released by Golden Books that I believe was tied in with Kid Stuff Records. Kid Stuff Records would release a bunch of Pac-Man albums. My favorite being the Pac-Man album, which was composed by Patrick McBride and Dana Walden. It's a beautiful looking album, a picture disc. It has some great songs. My favorite being If It's a Game, which is wonderful. If you have an opportunity to listen to that, I suggest you do. When we get up with the morning sun We are ready to be on the run. Miss Pac-Man has appeared in TV and movies. I remember seeing it on Friends. I think there was a Friends episode where it featured pretty prominently. It was also in movies that involved arcades like war games and joysticks. And I'm sure if you watch other movies, you'll see it in the background. It was a very popular game and would help to define that era. So it's a perfect bit of window dressing. I especially liked when it was in Friends because at the time it was already retro and it was pretty satisfying to see people in the 90s playing games from the 80s and showing how fun they were because that game is still a lot of fun. A lot of people have talked about why it was popular. Some say it was because it actually appealed to women at the time and maybe it was because Miss Pac-Man was also a woman. I don't know if that's true. That could only go so far to pull someone closer to the machine. The game also has to be really good, and Miss Pac-Man is really, really good. It is head and shoulders above Pac-Man in terms of playability. Whenever I go to an arcade, it is one of the first games that I like to hunt down, and I really like to play it with the speed hack, so it's faster. Someone very wise in the arcade world told me recently, once you've played Miss Pac-Man fast, You can never go back to Miss Pac-Man slow, and that is very true because I have now tried to play it and it feels like it's crawling. So if you have only played Pac-Man and you think Miss Pac-Man is exactly the same, I implore you, take a quarter, go to wherever you see it. Maybe you see one in the back of your local pizza parlor or bar, pop a quarter in and start playing. You will find that it is challenging and has a much quicker pace than the original Pac-Man and is a whole lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks to Doug McCoy for another great also ran. Doug McCoy has his own podcast that he's doing called 80s Anthology Television, episode by episode. If you would like to check that out, some other great talent from the Retroist website make appearances there. You can find it at mccoycast.wordpress.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend.
So it's not like she just has a bow. It's just a better game. When are people going to learn? When are people going to learn? This has been a Retro production. Goodbye.